just making myself an egg. Make yourself an egg. Make yourself something to eat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Joe Glossy, the Ace Charter High School Principal and your traveling principal. We are back for a second episode with some of the seniors from the class of 2020. They are Damian Fenn. Say hello, Damian. Hi, guys. Miles Webster. Say hello, Miles. Hello there. Isaac Souls. Isaac. Hello. And Bradley Walsh, ladies and gentlemen. Bradley. Hey. Uh, just a reminder, if you guys want to ask questions to me or the boys, um, please feel free to reach out via email, travelingprincipal at gmail.com. Um, I will be sure to communicate with you to see how we can help out. Maybe we can get you on the show. Um, with that said, gents, um, over a year ago, I believe we were talking about this. We're in our second episode now. Um, the first time we chatted a little bit about things that we were missing um, in the senior year, since we have found out that we will definitely be out of school for the rest of the year. Um, and we have been sheltering in place since March 14th, um, because that's when the guidance from Ace Charter High School was given to you. Um, so we're in this now for almost about a month, right? And so I just want to go around, um, just to kind of get things going, you guys, and ask you, um, how do you think you are a different person now? Um... Let's do Damien. Uh, Damien, can we start you off? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just as a personality and kind of perspective change, this quarantine has kind of made me think, like, how can I make do with the limited amount of things I have within my household? And actually made me realize that there's a lot more I can do without having to go outside and socialize. Yeah, it sounds kind of reclusive, but like I can clean up around the house, help out my family. Nice. I can uh, reach out to people I haven't talked to in a while via text or um, social media. And in a way, it's kind of made me a more sociable person because of the fact that I can't just go to school and hang out with my usual group of friends. I have to reach out to different people and enable socialization. Interesting. That's a, that's a really nice um, spin, first of all, and I appreciate starting off the podcast with a, with a positive perspective. And alliteration aside, that was really cool. Um, well thought out. Um, Bradley, Bradley, how you doing over there? Yeah, yeah. Down to what they, yeah, this is kind of like the real world. You're not going to be thrown in a bunch of, you're not going to be thrown in a place or a class full of people once you graduate school, unless you attend a college, but you kind of want to reach out and, you know, grow up a little bit, get to know new people, get to get out of your comfort zone and get to do new things when you're not thrown in the situation forcefully. So kind of going for what you want and seeing what you want and then actually trying to get it is yeah. a big, is a big part in growing up like that. And I feel like I've done the same too throughout the quarantine. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Um, uh, miles, tell me miles, how are you uh, a different person now? 
Um, I think I think the core teams forced me to be a little more um, creative with how I use my time. So instead mm-hmm. of um, you know going outside and doing something, just find something else inside to um, to do and be productive with. Okay. Okay. Making do with what we got, right? Yep. Um, Isaac, how about you, man? For me, I think now I've learned to appreciate what boredom is. We see boredom as kind of a bad thing, like we have nothing to do. But now I appreciate boredom because I can take my boredom and do things that I wouldn't be able to do so before. Like in school, if you're bored, you can't really do things. But since I'm stuck inside now and I get bored, I get to discover brand new things and seek out a lot more. I feel like I'm a lot more curious now than I was when I was in school. I want to seek out a lot more information. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Some, some intrinsic research, right? Random, not really so guided, but very intrinsic. Um, So nonetheless, just as important. So I'm proud of you guys. That's an excellent way to start this off. I mean, I have never been online so much. The usage um, on my phone, I get that weekly like usage reminder of the statistics and my, my online phone time is like increased tremendously since I, this all started. Um, but I'm, I'm really learning to troubleshoot on my own. I'm, I'm learning to find solutions on my own. Um, so I'm kind of like a hybrid of, of the answers that you guys have given so far. Um, so that's pretty cool. Let's, let's take a little bit of a turn. Um, and we're going to be talking about something on a regular basis um, in this show. And so this is the first of many, I am certain, in gaming talk. Um, and so... Video games, I know you guys to be um, <laughs> the amount of uh, the percentage of a day, I feel like. Honestly, this is an honest reflection here. If you guys had a Saturday to play video games, I honestly feel like if you had 100% of that Saturday, you guys might game for like 95%. Oh, yeah. All day. That, uh-huh. No, All no, day. no, no. See, See, you're going too low. that's terrible okay right on so that said justifiably so you guys are experts in this field so knowing that you bring a lot to the table a lot of knowledge to the table with regards to video games let me send out a challenge and test your knowledge and bring you through a timeline that describes some some of the games that I played. These are the games that I probably have played the most in my time. And so you have to remember, I am fortunate enough to have grown up in a time when um, Atari was out and people were getting it. And then quickly thereafter, we had console after console come out like almost every year and a half until I got to college. And then it just continued, but I was in college, so I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. But then when I got out, came right back to where I started again, and on and on that went. So 
I'm going to challenge you guys here and tell you the name of the game in no order whatsoever. And you have to tell me the game system. And so this is going to be a little bit of a ride through the history of Clausy's gaming um, life. So here we go. I'm going to throw you a softball. Okay. Here's a softball. Just to, All right. to let you know where I'm at. I mean, Mario Brothers. NES. Oh, yeah, I NES. I will tell you, Mario Brothers, before it was Super Mario Brothers, where it was Donkey just Kong. underneath the ground, you know, and they, they, were, they were both underneath. It was, it, was, it was not like a board level by level with worlds and stuff. It was, it was always underground. Um, then Super Mario Brothers and Mario Brothers 2, Mario Brothers 3. And so I played all of those. Um, NES, definitely. How about Punch Out? Oh, NES. Yeah. NES. Interesting fun fact about Punch Out when I bought it, it was actually called Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And there's right. an interesting way to beat Mike Tyson in that game. There's um, a photographer in the back that'll take a picture right before Mike Tyson will throw a punch. Oh, I didn't know that. We just, I just did it with skill and hours of Punch Out. <laughs> if you look at Punch Out now, not only is Tyson not even in the game, he's not on the name. It's just called Punch Out now. It's actually kind of crazy. Um, yeah. All right. So let's let's go. Probably a game I played quite a bit, but is most notorious for coming out on which console? Tomb Raider. Aha. Uh -huh. PlayStation. For Nintendo. <laughs> no, no, that didn't go on Nintendo at all, did it? Mm. No, that was that was the original PlayStation, I think. Right, PlayStation. Yeah, I think it was. Right, right. Shoot, yeah. Is that your final answer? That that's my it, final. Yeah, that answer, is my yeah. final answer. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. That's what I thought because um, I have it right over here. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, all of Oof. them actually. I had just gotten the latest one, and it was still good. I have played probably Tomb Raider the most. Um, Asteroids. Atari. Oh, Atari. Yeah. How about Frogger? That was also Atari, wasn't it? Actually, it was an arcade game, game just, before it was Atari. Yeah, arcade. originally it was oh. arcade. Originally it was arcade. But when it came Wait, out on console, it was Atari, wasn't Atari. it? Atari. I think it was after Atari, I believe, Frogger. But maybe we should have... Can, we do, can somebody be a fact checker? Didn't it go on PlayStation for a while? I was going to say Nintendo. Came out, published by Sega. But oh, published so it's by Sega um, Games. So uh, what console would that be on? Yeah, gosh. I yeah, it oh. says it says Atari over here when I'm looking. You're looking at Atari. Yeah. Okay. Frogger. I'm gonna double check this right here. Well, because Sega was also on some Nintendo systems. Because I remember Sonic was. So first it came out for the Sega, and then it came out for Atari later as a port. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. How about this one? Goldeneye. Nintendo 64. That's a good one. That, that could be my absolute favorite, Goldeneye. Um, Sonic. Yeah, that was a cool game. <laughs> yeah. Sega, so Sega. Sonic was, uh, yeah, Sega. Sega, correct. Um, mm -hmm. Pitfall. 
Atari. Mm-hmm. What's Contra? Uh, NES. And SNES. That's right. Man, I feel bad for not knowing most of this stuff, dude. Really? <laughs> this is my yeah, life. I don't... I mean, I... I know some of the game titles like Frogger, Goldmine, Contra, and stuff, but I don't know what consoles they came from or where they're affiliated, you know? I'm just reminiscing because I played all of these as a kid. I'm going to tell I you right now. I have all of these consoles, so. When, when I was a kid, if you did not know how to get 30 dudes at the beginning of the Contra game, like, you were not in existence. You, 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 <laughs> so you were not mandated. a cool kid, huh? Correct. The Contra code mandated. is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I even still remember it. Um, <clears throat> Pong. Atari. Um, Atari. nope, it was not Atari. It was originally, oh, what was it? Originally, a plug it was no, it wasn't a plug and play. It was the CD something, it was the first game console that ever came out. Oh man, and I forgot what it was because technically Pong was a bunch of plug and plays, but originally it was an arcade game. Isaac, was it the Odyssey? So I had yeah, Pong the Odyssey, on Atari you, because it came with specific paddles. And it was the only game at that time that had the specific paddles. And then that, a tank game came out. And you had to use the paddle for the, pank, the tank game as well. That was like called Kaboom or something. Um, and the paddle was super – it had an orange button on one side and, like, a dial that you just spun back and forth, and it was super hard to control. Um, I played Tiger Woods for a long time. Do you guys know Tiger Woods at all? Golf. Yeah, uh, yeah he's golf man. Yes. No, I, I know him, like, really well because my grandpa's way into golf. Yeah. I mean, it, you almost felt like you were playing golf. When you played Tiger Woods, it was phenomenal. It really was. And so, these are some of the games that I've spent the majority of my time growing up, going, you know, just years of 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 gaming. Um, and so, I know that you guys are hip on what's happening out there. So, tell me what's hot and what's not about the video game industry, um, Isaac. I'm going to start with you. What's hot or what's not? right now so something that's really hot right now are some new games that are coming out so we have a final fantasy 7 remake that came out a couple days ago okay we have resident evil 3 that came out we have a lot of new games coming out recently which i'm very surprised about mostly because some of these developments were made like when they were supposed to release was supposed to be after, but now they're starting to like roll back so people can play during the coronavirus the pandemic. So there's like bigger numbers and more people playing. Would you, let me ask you this. It's just a, a digression, but sort of not really ha- like video game creation has not been halted due to this at all. Right. Like these guys can still function. Definitely their not. They still function at home because Game development is basically 100% online unless you take like some creative spaces and offices. Mm-hmm. A lot of it can be done at home. If anything, progress on video games has been just overhauled now. Okay. Which is, is not a bad thing. Definitely not a bad thing. Okay. Right on. Right on. Um, any of you guys have any other 
info on what's hot and what's not something new yeah yeah um like have you heard of animal crossing new horizons dude <laughs> no have i no yeah yeah have you no no oh <laughs> uh it's like this little game where you get an island and you just do stuff it's like a very very calming relaxing game sometimes <laughs> uh it it, it, it's really cool. It came out on the Switch some time ago. I remember there's like a lot of hype around that. Okay. And okay. it came out to be really, really well. Awesome. I've All actually right. enjoyed playing it a lot. Okay. Um, Miles, anything new that's out there? Anything hot or, or, or anything not? Um, I think I think most well, like some of the some of the um upcoming games that people have really been hyped up on or it would probably be like um cyberpunk 2077 which is i know it's supposed to come out on xbox and ps4 but um is it going to be on p on pc too yeah it's going to be on pc too yeah so it's going to be on all three of those um i think uh breath of the wild 2 as well i think i believe it's already out i could be wrong though Wait, Let me second ask, Breath of the Wild again? Zelda, there is, the second, the second one. one hasn't been released yet, but it's coming out. Hmm. It's coming, yeah. Let me ask you guys, why can't we, um, why aren't games allowing, like, play within different consoles? When it, when, I mean, when Money. better than during a pandemic? to bridge that like ridiculous gap that has been created by these different companies. I get it. It's a, it's money, right? But wouldn't more people go and buy like some sort of universal service that everybody gets a cut out of rather than just say, well, no, you just can't play that game against each other. Mostly what I know Xbox has been wanting to get cross platform with, PlayStation 4, but PlayStation 4 just wants to stay within their systems. And the reason behind that is you can charge for like a universal, but it make, you can make more money with someone buying a PS4 because all their friends have PS4s and want to play with them than just charging like a monthly universal cross-play fee. Okay. okay. Yeah, um, it's more exactly what he said. It's more about like buying the console than it is the game. You get okay. the console for the game. Okay. I see. I Although see. some games now for PS4 are crossplay, much like uh, the new Modern Warfare, I can play with anyone on PC or Xbox while on my PlayStation 4. Oh, nice. And so that the, does bring problems. And the PlayStation 5 is said to be, or at least they're trying to make more games for it to be crossplay. They're trying to open it up more. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, let me ask you guys, so I'm assuming we're going to hear some cancellations of gaming conventions, things like that, that are, are, are annually held and really relied upon as like, um, just, you know, annually, these are, these are, are, are monumental events where newness is released and, you know, rumors are started and, on on it goes. So what's the story with all these conventions throughout the course of this year that you guys are aware of? Uh, the only one I know is E3. 
I think that's like a games thing where they show off games. I've never really watched it. I never watched it too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, I do remember a lot of people trying to go to those things and get to see the previews and the conferences of stuff coming out. It's a really big thing in LA, I believe. I don't know. I don't know if it's ex- if it's ex- exclusive there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's in LA, but it was um, it was canceled. That was canceled, and so were a bunch of other um, events. They're even canceling uh, San Diego Comic Con. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to bring that to the people virtually. See, that's where a lot of theories are coming behind because there's like this um, corporation that's talking about like just because these events are canceled doesn't mean they're going to be doing in the virtual space. So I'm pretty sure they're trying to figure that out. I know there's a game journalism site called IGN that's doing one of these convention one of these online conventions and does have big names coming to them like Sega, Xbox. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we're seeing a delay in real life conventions, but a rise in virtual conventions from places that seem to be more experienced in like the online. Okay. Okay. Um, because from, from what I'm understanding, like if, if there's, if you're coming out with a game and you're, you know, you're going to be at this convention, you're going to go all out. That's going to resound with regards to media coverage, et cetera. You want people chatting about it. You want people trying it out. You want reviews. Um, you know, they, sometimes they, I've, I've heard in, in the businesses, you know, there's no such thing as a bad review because you know, it's still a review and people are still getting their, the word out there. And um, you know, <clears throat> Let me, let me ask you guys this since, you know, we're all going to be looking for another source now for, for information with regards to gaming, et cetera, for the people that are out there and are, are experiencing, you know, educating their kids, um, and they're of the gaming age, right? They have consoles at home. What are some games that you guys know about that replicate like educational history? Um, or follow some sort of path. Mm. I do know, uh, you may have heard of this from McGuire, but his kids used to play a game called Battlefield, like, four or five? I forget what number it was. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, so it's a game set in place in historical World War One or World War Two events. That, that's Battlefield 1. Is that 1? Okay, yeah. yeah, I don't have the names for these things. <laughs> um... And so whenever they encountered like a historical event, like a, or like a vehicle name or a weapon name or like a place, they would have his kids research the area and do like a little mini report on it so they know exactly what's going on. Okay. Well, and the cool thing about Battlefield 1, that specific game, is there's even a couple missions where you're supposed to die because that's what happened in real life. Like, we you're on the side of the losing team and you go through the entire mission. And at the end, your whole side gets wiped out and you lose the, lose the battle. But that's what happened at that time and place in real life. Okay. I can appreciate that. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I did some quick research and came across like Oregon trail 
Uh-huh. Oregon Trail was one of the first educational games to come out because that was supposed to be an educational game. Okay. So was I played Oregon that Trail. at school, in school. I definitely played it in middle school on a PC that was probably like one of those Macs that had a, it was like a, just a giant monitor. Do you remember those? Those, those old DOS systems. It was like, a, they came out with different colors and that was cool. So there was like a, this one was like a orange one in the front and then it was see-through. You could kind of like even see into the monitor itself behind oh, it. Oh yeah, I know those. Um, right, so this wasn't, this wasn't a bad computer um, and it was definitely, it was definitely in the library for the purposes of like word processing, et cetera. But Oregon Trail was on there and it was so much fun to play when I was a kid. I don't remember really what I learned other than like how to not die in this game. But, you know, uh, it, Isaac, do you got any that you came across that are pretty educational? So I right now am playing a great game called Civilization Six. On um, what where, console? Oh, on my PC. Okay. And it's, you start a civilization, it, you can be like Canada, you can be even like some tribes that I didn't even know existed. And you go through and you build this civilization. And while you do it, you learn about like great people in the past, like people who made music, like famous musicians, greatest, like great scientists, engineers. Mm-hmm. And under each and every single one of these great people gives you like a description of like what they contributed in real life. There we go. And what they did and how they furthered their basically world and how they contributed to society it was it's really great educational fun and with community mods there's also an educational mode for civilization where you start in actual places where your civilization was like they have like a full earth mapped out and then Hmm. america starts in america and then you go through different like scenarios like different wars or different like opening up trade routes and things like that Hmm. okay so see I'm that sounds pretty useful through that i like it i like it i could see how you would i could definitely see how you would um and so you know i i know we're using games or, or it's and it's been you know in the past i'm understanding that specific types of games with a large demand of repeated um I'm, I'm trying to think of these games that like you um, improve and progress and become more modern throughout research of, you mm. know, your said community and um, you know, you dig for oil and then, you know, eventually your, your neighborhood can be run on like nuclear stuff and on and on it goes where you just kind of learn the, the benefits of your geographical location when you're playing these different games. And, and we're starting to look at games a little bit differently here. And so, I can't help but to capture this moment and ask you guys about esports. Okay, um, let's let's do some real talk on esports. Question number one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, Miles. Damian, I'm gonna go to you next. Is esports okay as a whole? Do you think? This is a sport. Uh, I think I think it's it's kind of its own category because it it uh, bridges the path between games and sports. Okay. 
because you have VR sports. So I'm not I'm not sure how many um, how many game companies have um, dove into this and done like um, throwing basketball games, baseball, football, etc. Um, have just focused on VR versions of those games, mm-hmm. of those kind of sports. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's it brings a new a cool twist to the whole um, gaming and sports arena. Okay. Um, Damien, I'm going to ask you this first. Do you think golf is a sport? Yes, I do. Okay. So esports, tell me about esports. Do you think that is a sport? Yes. And because it, it like in order to play a sport, you need skill, you need endurance, and in a lot of sports, you need patience. You kind of need the same things when competitively playing a video game, or at least most video games. You need to have the patience to wait for the right opening or like wait out your opponent. You need to have a certain amount of skill in order to actually be able to play the game. And you do need the endurance to like keep going, even if you're the last person left on your team and the, the other team has everyone else left alive, you still need to keep going and try to win for your team. So you, you bring up an, an amazing point that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of throw at Bradley and, and then Isaac. So when you define what a sport is, it's an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. Okay? Yeah. An activity involving physical exertion and skill, Bradley. Tell me, do you think esports is a sport? Uh, I think it's as much of a sport as chess is considered a sport. It's like it requires critical thinking and knowledge of your game in order to do well in it. But to consider it a sport, I think, would just be kind of silly. Hmm. Interesting. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it does take skill. It does take knowledge. It does take work to get good at a certain game to be entertaining and competitive. Okay. But I feel like throwing it in the same category as a sport would be a little ill-fitting for the activity. Interesting. So video gaming, not a sport, Bradley. Isaac, let me ask you this. First, do you think, Isaac, do you think chess is a sport? Chess is a sport, but the reason that it is a sport is it's not a physical sport. Just like Bradley saying, it's a critical mind sport. And when we think about common sports, we think of like baseball, basketball, football, the physical sports, but there are also different categories of competition, which can be labeled as a sport. That's why we call it electronic sports, esports, because it's not exactly a sport where you're putting forward any like physical competition, but you're putting in more of a mental competition. So it's all sport, but it's just different categories of sport. Okay. I believe that's how it's labeled. Chess is a mental critical thinking sport. Same goes for electronic sports. But 
I've been seeing a rise in virtual reality esports where you're actually in front of like the other person and playing a competitive sport. That's when I'd start labeling it a physical sport. Because you can, you can see your opponent. You can, you're in a room with someone else. You both have virtual reality goggles on and you're actually moving physically around the room. And it's kind of like boxing, but it's like, with weapons and stuff, you know, it's a virtual reality video game where you're fighting the other person, kind of like boxing, Okay. but in the virtual reality space. You're still putting physical exertion out, not as much as you would with normal sports. That's when I'd start crossing it over to physical sports, kind of like a suite in between about fully electronic or fully physical. It's an in-between. It's still a sport, just not the physical sport that everyone classifies just sports to be. Interesting. The uh, upon quick research here, um, I've come across that the International Olympic Committee considers chess to be a sport. Really, chess requires hmm. physical exertion, and mental exertion manifests itself physically. Mm. So, in other words, physical when you're playing exertion. these games, like think about that, right? Like you're playing a game for hours and hours, hours. The amount of aggravation I've caused myself from Tomb Raider alone, hours and hours trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Now I'm dating myself back to when like pixels really defined the quality of that game and to know where like levers were hidden areas, et cetera. I mean, that was part of the game, right? To not be able to find it right away. But um, I guess I'm going to ask maybe Isaac a follow-up here. Do you think at some point in time we may embrace esports to the point where we're considering it for Olympics? And at a time like now when we may not have the ability to have an Olympics, maybe we could. I feel like we're becoming more of an online society. We're relying more on online things. Esports is slowly becoming more popular. Mm. I feel like if the just Olympics were to classify esports, it would be in the virtual reality space, not in the classical game space. Because esports already have their own version of Olympics. They have that. Okay. I don't think it'll be under the umbrella that the Olympics already is, unless it has a physical component in there. Okay. So, uh, do you mind if I add something to that? Please do. Please do. Uh, right. So when I think of the Olympics, I think of like peak human capability, right? So in strength, endurance, speed, right? All that stuff. Chess, I can kind of see it being up there. It proves one's ability to think critically ahead and think of strategy on the spot. But would playing a game like Call of Duty really be the peak of human performance? Is that considered like, you know, something a human would need to do to be on top? I see. I see. Let me let me end let me end the esports conversation with a quick question and I'll go I'll ask each of you. So if you're on an esports team and let's say we're playing Smash Brothers, right? Which everybody mm-hmm. plays all the time anyway. So we might as well compete. 
and you guys have practice, right, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 3 to 5 o'clock. Mm -hmm. Then you go home, right, where you're just playing the game. You're, you're strategizing, you're playing the game, etc. And you go home, do the rest of your work, and then you jump back on that game. Is that where, like, are, are you practicing still or are you just playing? You know, and is that why this question of esports is so kind of controversial with regards to whether or not this is considered a sport? Damien, let me start with you. Well, uh, on the topic of are you still practicing or not, I feel if you're just playing the game to just have fun and play, you're kind of doing both simultaneously. Hmm. Because, yeah, you're not really trying to get better at the game or practice or, like, strategize. But at the same time, it's muscle memory. You're consistently doing the same keys over and over again. Mm -hmm. And if you ever get into a competition, you're going to remember, hey, I did this and it worked. And you're not even going to have to think about it. And your fingers are going to move to that position. Okay. Miles, how about you? Um, I think I'm along the same lines with Damien. It's like you keep – it's still practice, and you're just, you're just more motivated to, you know, go higher than just playing casually. Okay. Bradley? Um, yeah, maybe. Like going back to Isaac's point earlier about, like, being a more online society, maybe it can be a demonstration of skill of practicing and being good at something. Mm. Okay. Isaac? It's, I feel I agree with Mile. I agree with everyone that it's what you put into it. Mm. If you are trying to practice, you know, build strategy, learn new moves, then you can. But if you want to play casually and not pay attention to all the aspects of the game, that could still be considered practicing, but not because you're trying to get practice out. Okay. It's okay. subconscious practicing. It's just like if you play normal football, you can just play casual tag team football with your family. Is that considered practice? It I could see. be. I see. Okay. But are you trying to get practice out of right. it? Right. Right. Yeah. I see. You're just or, having fun. Okay. Or it could also be like if you're on a track team and you're just going for a night jog because you, you want to and you want to kind of let out some stress it you're still building up endurance okay i got you okay um so i i appreciate the the conversation you guys i really do let's let's flip the switch for a second and talk about some hot topics in steam um steam is science technology engineering arts and mathematics so Anything and with regards to engineering topics that you guys have come across in the um, recent future? Uh, it was something I wanted to look into, but I don't think I've looked into it enough to pull up an article mm -hmm. and mention exactly what's going on. So, I mean, hmm. Interesting. So let me ask you, with regards to um, knowing the software programs that would be necessary to be fluent 
in, um, let's say drafting. Um, are you guys familiar with what I'm talking about here? I'm talking about SolidWorks, talking about Revit. Are you, do you guys know those programs at all? Yes, I, I, I yeah, know yeah. them, but I'm not really familiar with them. Okay. So you, but you guys are aware that these programs are kind of the fundamentals that would be necessary within said engineering fields. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I would assume they would almost be like the dragon Python, um, HTML languages to coding as software would be to engineering. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It makes sense. Okay. So I have a nephew who is in college and he is studying engineering, civil engineering. And he's saying to me, you know, Uncle Joe, I'm supposed to know Revit and, and I'm trying to figure out AutoCAD as well. And these are some two dimensional programs. There's a little bit of three dimensional in there when you're talking about Revit as well. Um, but from what I'm understanding, the industry is always coming out with something new. There's SketchUp that's in there that's, that's sought after now and widely used. And SolidWorks, of course, is, is widely used. So I wanted to know, with regards to um, programming um, and, and coding, is there anything new that's out there that, that you know, somebody interested in that type of a, uh, of a field might need to kind of research since they're home and have the ability to do so? I mean, yeah, that is a good question. I haven't really considered looking into the new software that one might learn to look into that kind of software field. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so even, if, even though I don't know any, it'd be mm -hmm. really, look out for that. Look out for new, for, for new technologies and new software to look into, new languages maybe, new ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't want to... You don't want to say stagnant, right? You want to be dynamic. You want to be, you know, useful in that field so you know what's going on. You want to stay on top of that. So are you guys doing anything like that? Are you guys like frequently reading? Are you guys looking at, at new stuff? Or do you have like some sort of source for information on newness? Does that make sense at all? Yeah, I'm, I try to be like more curious with topics and try to learn a lot more. I mostly read a lot of not software news, but mostly like video game news and some engineering news. And I like to seek that out now okay. because I have the time to read and learn about it. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I don't really search for like news, but there are random articles that show up on the Google search bar. And it, it's not exactly recent news, but it's just random things like um, something called Mel's Hole. And it's supposed to be this, quote, bottomless hole that appeared somewhere one day. And some fisherman sent a line down it, and it went for about 15 miles with a microphone and camera attached to it and supposedly never hit the bottom. And all he heard from the microphone was screams and shouts that supposedly sounded like hell and what? just ran yeah random things like that is what i've been looking into trying to expand my knowledge on the mysteries and 
unknowingness of the world. So I'm not going to lie to you, Damien. That's crazy. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. 15 miles down and heard screams and yells. Supposedly. People think in the area that it's a direct link to hell. Hmm. I am not too sure I, how I we went that route, but I'm happy we did. I wouldn't say that's more of an of like a urban or made up made up story, but I mean, hey, if it gets you looking there, you look into that kind of stuff and disprove it, then I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the hole still might exist. What he said about well, what's inside the hole might not exist, but the hole itself is interesting. Mm, well, is. I, I've seen a couple of videos and articles that prove that the hole itself actually exists, but everything else is is just speculation. Because okay. that's just an all-natural thing. That wasn't, like, man-made. No. So that's just, I feel that's, like, very interesting. Yeah. 15 miles is a long way. It's very and long. More way. than that. It's a long way to fall. I would not want to do that. <laughs> um, let, me, let me ask you guys um, to, to change the topic. <laughs> I've seen some trends with regards to engineering programs that are out there that um, for graduations, they have created um, robots. They've built robots to literally replace the person at the graduation ceremony to receive the diploma. Um, Tell me, can mechatronics replace us ethically at this time? Um, Isaac, let me start with you there. I feel, personally, I would rather get my diploma by hand, but in our current situation with coronavirus, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be all that opposed to getting it received by, you know, electronically and through robot form and having like an online graduation where it's slightly physical. Mm-hmm. But I could totally see how people would be outright denying that idea because they want to be there for the ceremony if you're not there like physically then like what's the point mm-hmm. i could definitely see how that argument could be made but personally i would be okay of accepting my diploma as a robot okay bradley tell me would you so isaac how are you not there exactly you're, it's still the same thing kind of right you're kind of in a certain room present with other people who are participating in the same activity but you're just not there to physically touch it with your own hands. Is that yeah, that, something? That's that not something that. That's not something unappealing to me. But I could see how other people would want to actually physically be there and like shake the hands of their principals, and be there in a physical presence. Me, I wouldn't care either way. But I could see why other people would want that. Okay. Okay. To be yeah. physically okay. present. Miles, tell me, do you think that mechatronics can replace us ethically at this time? Uh, I think I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if it has um, all, a whole lot to do with ethics. I think it's just like, um, like individually, what individually, how would people feel about it? Because like what um, what Bradley, or what Isaac was saying, he's I was personally okay with. Um, having a robot accept his diploma mm-hmm. and other people might think like um, it's graduation like there's the whole uh, whole ceremony and the whole um, feeling the of accomplishment line. that you get yeah and walking the line so 
Damien, I'm going to change the question for you because you're the last person I can ask it to um, before we go on to our final topic. And it is this. If I was to give you a choice between having the ability to be represented by this awesome robot where your face would be on an iPad and you would be zooming through and be able to control the thing or maybe it's pre-programmed and we just change the iPad with your face on it. And so you experience a virtual like walk up, get the diploma, it's given to the robot, the robot then brings it over and it's maybe hands it to you somehow or sends it to you somehow, um, you know, and just so you go through it virtually or do you think if we were to do something where we, let's say rented the Ox, Camarillo Airport, right? And everybody pulled in onto the landing strip and all of the cars, as I'm assuming there's not very much traffic at those airports these days, all of the cars are acceptably, you know, with, with a social distance meter, as if you were in any store with the yellow X's on the ground to, to tell you where to stand. Maybe the, there were spaces where you would park um, and everybody would be just listening to a drive-in movie theater type scenario. And then when your name is called, right? So uh, Damien Fenn, right? Mr. Cho would say your name in your car. You guys would cruise around down the aisle and over to the front where you would get out and grab your diploma and have a chance to turn and wave at everybody and everybody would like honk at you and stuff. And then you'd get back in the car and proceed back around to your parking space. Which one do you, you, would you prefer? I know you can't see my face right now, but after you said each of those, I kind of had to stop and just think about it because both sound pretty, pretty awesome. Okay. But cool. personally, I know that me and my family would actually like to as much as we can be there for that because yeah. it, at least for my family, it, it's a huge thing for them. Mm-hmm. And I would like to have them or let them experience that. Yeah. As we and, all know, sure. Absolutely. And a drive through uh, graduation does sound pretty interesting. So. It's enticing, right? The, the curiosity yeah. exists. I, I have to admit it was suggested originally by um, an ACE charter student in 11th grade. Um, and her brilliance has kind of resounded through, you know, this growing idea of the potential of like a drive-in graduation ceremony. Um, that said, either, you know, robotic or drive-through um, you know, we could even have concession where if you guys text a request for like popcorn or something, we could bring it over and, you know, and, and ser- like there's so many possibilities that are out there with regards to the drive-in theater. Um, I got to go idea. with the drive-in theater graduation. That that does sound. I'm selling it. I'm totally selling it to you cool. a lot more yep, than the, the robot idea. I think the robot, if we all did it, would still be pretty awesome. Um, there's so much logistics that would have to go into both regardless. Um, so let me, let me, let me ask you guys the last question. Um, and Bradley, I want to start with you here. Minecraft replica, 
um, of an environment that is our school with classrooms and offices and the whole nine with the basketball court in the front, I'm understanding is a rumor or something that is going on with you guys. Can you, can you, can you fill me in? <laughs> yeah, it's, it might be a floating around for multiple people. There have been several people who are interested in the idea and who are probably working separately to create their own versions of this. I know one person who's trying to make it and I'm really behind it, would love to help them out with it. And yeah, that would be a really awesome thing to do if you can get that replica going and we put it in a way such that everyone has access to it. Like, no need to pay for it or stuff like that. Um, it's not a solution for everyone, but I think it'd be really awesome for those who are really interested. It still provides that experience that they're looking for for that actually having to be physically there. Okay. I mean, I, I, let me let me change it really quick, and I know this is off script, but um, do you guys think it would be possible to create like a virtual ace where you were an avatar and interacted with other avatars in a class where the teacher gave you virtual teaching? That's what I'm working on, actually. Nice. I'm working on a virtual VR chat. Yeah, it's going to be, I don't know if I wanted to base it in VR chat or base it off of its own virtual reality program. But I'm currently well, that's working pretty much on, what it would be like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm recreating the school in virtual reality. Not right now, like while we're doing this, but I'm I've created the parking lot and I'm slowly building up the foundation of the school. Wow. Holy cow. So wait, is it is it something that resembles Minecraft or is it something that resembles no, VR chat? It resembles VR chat. <laughs> So nice. it's slightly cartoonish, but it's still going to be the exact measurements of our school. So yeah. you'll be there, and the hallway will actually be the measurement of the hallway, and it will feel like that. How long does something like that take? With all the time I have, a month maybe. Huh. But realistically, if I decided to cram it because I might do it because I'm that bored, it could take me like four or five weeks. Wow. Just one month. That that um, didn't you say it would take you a month, and and then if you cram it, about four to five weeks. A month or two, a month or two. But if I decided to cram, then it would definitely be just a month. Okay. Now, would would this be a VR only thing, or would it be like? Well, with how VR chat, it? it could be a PC or VR. What about those of us that over there, then I could do it on PC. I don't know how I'd be able to do it anywhere else. I might look into solutions for that. It sounds like um, the movie. What was that movie that was out there not long ago? And it was really awesome. Uh, Ready Player One? Yes. It was Uh an amazing movie, actually. especially when you think about what's going on in the world around us, how awesome it would be to have a school experience like that. As mm-hmm. a plan B, I agree. You know, um, well, I have to tell you guys, um, I got a lot of positive reviews and remarks from listeners in our audience in the H charter community. And as well as just my, my podcast, um, listeners as well. 
Um, everybody was really stoked about the fact that you guys are taking the time to um, put this podcast together with me, as well as the fact that we're just all able to hear some familiar face, uh, voices, which I think, you know, is therapeutic. Um, so thank you guys once again uh, for coming back out. Folks, we're going to keep um, podcasting weekly with Damien, Miles, uh, Bradley, and Isaac here. Um, again, if you have any questions for us uh, and you'd like to reach me, um, I'm at the traveling principal at gmail.com. Um, again, my name is Joe Clossy. I am the host here with Bradley Walsh, Damian Fenn, Isaac Souls, and my man, Miles Webster. Gentlemen, I miss you all, um, but this is a, a really cool close second, and I will settle for it weekly. Um, so thank you uh, once again for an awesome podcast. Um, any shout outs from you guys before we go? Robbie Goodson. Robbie Goodson. <laughs> oh, Robbie. I miss Robbie running around um, reading and not watching where he's going. Rolling ever. on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lunchtime, you guys like consumed that whole hallway. That was our hallway. That was our space. Can we yeah. also a- a- talk about um, the the bathroom singing in the next episode? Yes, Can we put that down definitely. on the storyboard? Because that was like organically yeah. one of the coolest things I think I've ever experienced as an educator. <laughs> yeah, um, we can definitely put that right? down. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Um, see if you guys can get a hold of Mr. Paul so we can get him on here and talk about some um, Leo's Club. Um, <clears throat> we're about six weeks, five weeks out until the end of the school year, you guys. Um, and I know we have an unorthodox time, but school is back in session. Um, I have a meeting with the senior class in 32 minutes, gentlemen. Yep. And so I'm mm-hmm. assuming that I will be seeing you all in the Zoom chat there. Juniors on Tuesdays, sophomores on Wednesdays, freshmen on Thursdays, everybody's at three o'clock. Um, classes are in session, you guys. Thank you so much for your time this week. Looking forward to doing this again next week. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Joe Clossy with Miles, Damian, Isaac, and Bradley saying we will talk to you soon. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Social distance. <laughs>